welcome to the In Publishing podcast. Our guest this week is Peter Johns, publisher and managing director at WW Magazines, whose titles include Waterways World and Self-Build and Design. We would like to thank our podcast sponsor, Acorn Web Offset, the Yorkshire-based specialist A5 and A4 magazine printer. With high-speed web offset and sheet-fed printing, together with in-house saddle stitching, perfect binding and mailing services, Acorn can cope with the most demanding of production turnarounds. Acorn prides itself on its efficiency and low-cost print production. For more information, visit acornweb.co.uk. Peter Johns is Managing Director of WW Magazines, the Burton-on-Trent-based publisher of specialist magazines including Waterways World and Self-Build and Design. Peter, welcome to the In Publishing podcast. Thank you very much. Firstly, um, I'd like to talk about how you came to head up a specialist magazine publisher. Can you tell us about your journey in publishing to where you are now? Uh, yeah, I, I think like many people, you, you sort of st- stumble into these things. I trained originally as an economist, um, had a few years working um, in a university setting as an economist, got a little bit fed up with that, cast around for something, finished up working as a commissioning editor for an academic book publisher. And um, to cut a long story short, there were one or two little um, moves along the way, but um, my wife was um uh, her father was a shareholder in a, a small magazine publishing business that uh, published waterways world and a magazine called ships monthly and with, with a bit of shuffling uh, around the uh, the ownership structure changed and my father-in-law decided that he would like me to um run the business it, it was a sort of john's you know all about publishing um uh, come and run this business for me uh, I pointed out that my experience was not in consumer magazines. We said, oh, it's all the same. Get on with it sort of uh, thing. And, and that's how I finished up here. So your company serves two very different main markets, um, the inland, inland waterways community and self-builders. What trends are you seeing in those markets? Well, I, I guess like lots of um, specialist sectors that have changed um, dramatically over time, particularly in the 20 odd years that, that I've been involved, um, the waterways, and these, these two markets are very, very different um, in their nature, but that, that's what specialist publishing is about. Um, the, the inland waterways market has, has moved from the early days of, of my involvement of one which was an enthu- a real enthusiast market, a bit like um, steam railways and modelling and so on. Uh, and holiday makers was a big, big part of it. And, and now it's much more about boat ownership. Um, and on, on the business side, you've seen a change from lots of small uh, one-person businesses to much larger businesses with you know, operating multiple bases, whether they're higher fleets or um, multiple marina bases. Um, and self-build, well, that again has changed from being a, a minority interest, really. And it's still quite small in this country, about 
8% of UK housing is um, regarded as self-build, um, which is, is not the norm across Europe. Um, 30, 40%, even up to 80% in some countries is, is more usual. Um, and that is now starting to change. Government policy is, is, um, has been introduced to encourage um, self-build to help meet the, the gap in the, the shortfall of housing that we're building. So um, a real growth sector. You've talked a lot in the past about the need for specialist magazine publishers to analyse every aspect of their business. For example, how well cover mounts work, how well in-store promotions are working. How important is that to your own business? It's pretty central and it's, I suppose it, it comes with my background training as an economist where that's what I did. I analysed numbers. Um, but not not just numbers, and that it's what I enjoy most about the um, the job. That it, it's a blend of um, business, commercial, analytical skills, and and creative skills. But I, I think any organisation that doesn't continually question what it does and what its purpose is and where it fits in the market um, is 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 doomed. And you've got to keep questioning everything you do all the time. And the the um, the numbers behind it, the analysis of those um, is, is the key starting point for me. And can you tell us a bit more in today's context about how you're using data to conduct intelligent an- analysis of your two main markets? OK, um, well, again, that that has, has sort of changed from the early days where I spent a lot of time um, on news trade stuff. You talked about cover mounts and, and so on. And I, would always analyse that sort of um, data to try and get an edge and see what was working and what wasn't. Um, a lot of that analysis has now moved into um, subscriptions, um, uh, particularly monitoring and assessing, analysing, uh, working out what works best um, is, is the bottom line. Um, and uh, as my my simple mantra there is, Everything you do in in marketing, you test continually um, and measure everything. If it works, do it again. If it doesn't work, don't do it again. Um, And that's a fairly um, simple mantra. But, you know, I I apply similar principles from the analysis subscriptions, but that's that's where it's the, the numbers are biggest and and, and most interesting to work with, but I apply that still to to news trade to an extent, but also um, looking at, at advertising and at events and, and trying to work out where the best margins are, where um, I, I can pick up early signals for what's working and, and what's not. You recently relaunched the Waterways World website. Can you talk us through your thinking and objectives when it came to that? Yeah, I, I mean, at a at a very simple level, the the old website had been around for an awful long time and wasn't even responsive, um, and it, it was long overdue. Um, and we've been talking about it for quite a long time. There were plenty of ideas fly, flying around, and we've got lots of new features that that we wanted to incorporate that were just not really possible on the old platform. And and becoming mobile friendly was was obviously absolutely essential 
Um, but but again, a lot of the thinking is around um, the fact that um, our model, like many others, is, is has moved much more towards subscriptions and away from news trade, um, and being able to add um, features that help you deliver for the individual um, reader became more and more important. And we've got um, ideas, uh, not ideas beyond that, the plans that we're working on now to add a, um, a premium subscription product. And all of that was, was part of that thinking um, uh, and needing a new platform. And how much of the website is free to access and how much of it is behind a paywall? Um, there's a fair amount. I, have. I was hoping you wouldn't answer that question because I <laughs> to actually do, do, do a little bit of homework and come up with a, a, a percentage. There's a fair amount that's free. Um, yeah. But at the moment, the, what is behind the paywall is actually simply, the, the paywall is simply... Um, if you're a postal subscriber to the magazine, you get access to to various things that that others don't. Um, right, and and that's the bit that will change. That we will introduce this um, premium subscription offering that will put extra content behind a paywall. And you've also um, introduced a new podcast, which you can listen to via the website and presumably via other podcast platforms. Was that part of the website redesign? Uh, yeah, it was all, always planned. Again, we've been talking about it for ages. We've had a, um, a, a test podcast doing the rounds in the office for uh, longer than I care to think, but but certainly more than a year. Um, and it, this Again, it, it made it uh, possible to launch that. The first one uh, went out two weeks ago and we're, we're on to episode two tomorrow. And have you had a good response to that? Yeah, it seems to have gone down really, really well. Um, lots of uh, interest, lots of feedback. Um, can we sustain that? Well, I hope so. Um, we're going to try a, a real blend of, of different types of uh, people that we interview um but um people with with something to say about the waterways is is, is the essence of it whether that's people who are um uh, cruising on a regular basis or whether they live aboard the boat or we'll probably look at some technical subjects about boat ownership and no doubt one or two um waterways celebrities will will feature on our our list and what areas of the website redesign did you find the most challenging? Uh, two simple ones, really. One was search. Uh, search was really, really important to us and, and didn't want to do what quite a few um, sites do and fall back on Google search. We wanted our own um, and getting that right um, was was a, quite a technical challenge. but. Um, I think we're there now and uh, we'll continue to make tweaks to that. And the other one, um, the other big challenge was integration with our own subscription service so that we could give um, real live immediate access. To, if, if we've got a new subscriber, we want them to have instant access. And of course, the, the subscription um, uh database and the web shop are on completely different platforms and and so integrating the two 
was a big challenge. We seem so far to have pulled them both off and I'm uh, very pleased with the way it's working. So you you touched on the fact that when you started out, um, news trade was a much more important part of your business and that has shifted towards subscriptions. Can you talk a bit more widely about how the nature of magazine publishing has changed since you first started out in the industry? Yes, and really, in in some ways, um, if we've been having this conversation 12 months ago, um, I'd have been saying, well, magazine publishing is is not really what we're about. We're um, a publishing and events company um, because we'd gone from live events accounting for about 5% of our revenue to well over 40%, and and this year would have probably been nudging 50%. Um, Compared with sort of, this is going back 12, 15 years, um, when news trade accounted for nearly 30% of our turnover, uh, now it's it's a small fraction that it, it's switched completely with events. Um, but in terms of the publishing side, um, as, as we've talked already, the, um, the shift has been to delivery by subscriptions, and it's by far the dominant channel. Um, I can remember, I suppose, when I first started, the the talk was all about, oh, well, the US market is 80% subscriptions and 20% use trade. And and this country was pretty much the reverse of that. Maybe not quite, but not far off it. And I just thought, well, we'll always be different. But here we are. um, More than 80% of of my um, magazine circulation is now by subscription. Well, I'll come on to the events later when when we discuss how your business has been affected by recent events. But um, just staying with your readers for the time being, how have their behaviours changed uh, and what are you doing to try and keep pace with those changes? So we've sort of touched on some of that already. And I I talk, again, the two markets are really quite different. But I talk Mm. about the water-based market first. Um, the 20 years ago, um, a lot of the readers were enthusiasts who had um, grown up in a a period where canals had been pretty much abandoned, um, were being filled in, and there was a real battle for um, their restoration and return to a a leisure use. The the waterways that were open, and and there were plenty, but they they were um, not the preserve, but Holiday makers was was a big big chunk of that market. Boat ownership was growing, but and that has continued, and that now has really become um, the, the dominant share of the market. And with it, there the, the needs of the readers changes. That's um, and and we've now got a real mix of people where we've still got some of that um, enthusiast type market. Uh, who, who just love every element of the waterways, want to read the history and, and, and so on. Um, so we need to cater for those, but also an audience that is is very much about owning a boat and looking after a boat and, and also buying a boat. Um, there, there's been a, a trend to people who will will buy a, a shell of a steel narrow boat or, or what we would call a sail away, which has got some uh, of the basic um, 
uh, work done with, with engines and electric systems and so on, but, but really to fit out the boats themselves. So we, we've got that, um, I hate to say DIY because that, that um, downplays it far too much, but, but people who really um, want to work on the boats themselves. So that, that's, that's the big change in, in that market. And, and how about self-build? Um, yeah, I, I think in some ways that has changed less in terms of what people want out of it. Um, it's still the dream of some staggering proportion survey show of, of the population who would far prefer to create their own, build their own home. Um, when I say build their own home, I don't mean getting their hands um, dirty necessarily the majority of self-builders are really better described as project managers they they commission the work um, and manage the, uh, the the process but um it is it, it it's been a dream for a huge portion of the population and their needs have, have, have probably not changed dramatically the, the challenges are still the same the biggest challenge is is finding a building plot to start with planning permission is, is a nightmare uh, at times planning system in this country is um to use the jargon not fit for purpose and the government have announced a, a, a radical overhaul of the system whether they'll get everything they want is is, is another matter um and and the third sort of stumbling block is, is finance because um uh Many self-builders still need a mortgage and mainstream lenders really don't quite understand um, the self-build market. So actually, th those um, those needs haven't really changed that much. Um, the, where we have, I, I suppose the one trend that I have seen is that um, more and more potential self-builders have, have developed a real um, technical knowledge and thirst for, for, for uh, understanding of, of um, technical issues, particularly around heating systems. And, um, you know, again, if, if we went back um, 20 years and I used the term passive house, um, it would be a very, very minor, minor interest. But now it's, um, it's a sort of standard of the ultimate energy efficiency. The, um, the, the question I get asked most at um, our uh, buy self builders and our, our events tends to be, should I go for passive house standard? Um, which is not not quite, but um, um, as uh, energy efficient as you can possibly be. Um, so, yeah, th those are the sorts of trends there. So has sustainability become an increasing concern for your readers? Um, Yes, and again, probably in, in both markets, and it's, it's an interesting point. There's now um, increasing discussion on the waterways where um, I, I guess if, if you went back further than my time of direct involvement, um, um, GRP cruisers were, were the thing, and a, a lot powered by outboard engines moved to market, moved to uh, dominated by steel narrow boats driven by diesel engines and, and increasingly complex electrical systems um, to now increasing uh, interest in alternative propulsion methods of electric boating and um, hybrid um, solutions. So 
it's, it's been important in waterways and that, that will grow and that will be a, a major change for the future. Um, uh, Self-build market has always tended to be very focused on sustainable issues. If you're um, creating, building your own home, you're likely to be there, if not for life, then for a very long time. So you, you tend to take a long-term view and will want to build um, energy efficiency into the project, um, partly because you'll, you've got the long-term where you will get the payback. But as you sort of explore those um, concepts, I think people tend to think, think, well, it makes lots of sense for the planet as well. So we have touched on this already, but how have your revenue streams changed over the last 10 or so years? And where do you now see the most potential for growth? I, I appreciate that we are in uncertain times, but, but what's your current thinking? Uh, well, exactly. The, the uncertain times is, is um, uh, a, a big understatement. I mean, I, I use the same uh, expression and really does understate it it is not clear to anybody in the live events industry when we will be able to start running live events again um all we can do is put them on hold they will come back at some point i have absolutely no doubt about that um we are looking at alternative um formats for live events um like many with looked at um, and have some plans for some virtual events in 2021 we've we've got platforms developed or, or working with platform providers and developing a, 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 an offering there i have little doubt that um we will finish up with hybrid events that are part live part virtual um when live comes back as I say, that that's the the really big question that absolutely nobody knows, and, and the difficulty with it is that um, you, you have long lead times to put on a, a large scale live event um, needs an enormous amount of preparation, and so for events next summer, you you should normally be planning now, and whilst there is a certain amount of planning you can do, um, there comes a point where. It, it's it's difficult to actually press the button and go ahead um so that that makes the the future really uncertain i think um news traders have sort of reached a level where say it can't go much lower in a sense um it will drift a little bit lower but it matters a lot less to the business to my business now though i mean there are uh, magazine sectors where news trade is still fundamental um, to their business model and, and will continue to be so, um, but that will not be the case for us. Um, subscriptions, I think, have enormous potential. We've had a fantastic last six months on uh, magazine subscriptions, both um, um, print magazines and digital, and I expect that to continue. And it's that was a uh, direct reaction to lockdown and people having time on their hands at, at, at home um, has, has clearly changed things. I think um, the the rise of the likes of Amazon has conditioned people to um, ordering something online and having it delivered to home. Uh, what's a, a magazine subscription? But, but just that. So I, I think that, that um, 
um, overall trend has helped us with that. That will continue. Um, digital will um, continue. I, I talked earlier about the premium subscription offer that we are working on introducing um, in the near future for Waterways World, where we can add significant value, and that will be built around a digital offering. Um, Audio, I think, we've, again, we've already talked uh, about um, podcasts that that will grow. Um, we that that may well extend to audio books. We've we've always published a number of books, and I would expect that that will um, audio will, will feature as a a key part of that offering as well. Um, and yeah, we we will continue to look at any different format that we can to basically deliver content that our readers, whether they are interested in any aspect of the inland waterways or whether they're interested in any aspect of building their own home, which um, actually also goes to major renovations and conversions, that whatever somebody's con uh, content, uh, sorry, whatever somebody's interest is, we can produce the content that will um, meet their needs uh, and, and what I'm trying to instill across our teams is that the we are content first and we're um, neutral on platforms that that we will deliver content via the platform that the reader wants to consume that content on whether that's um, print digital in its many many different forms or um, live events would it be fair to say that you have had to uh, rethink your strategy um, in response to COVID? I mean, it, it sounds as though, you know, you've you've quite quickly shifted from those events to content, as as you say. Um, yes, uh, it's the, the the very simple answer. But of course, live events are about content as well, um, mm. and. Um, it's the difficulty, of course, is that it contributes a huge chunk to your revenue and um, gross profits. And without it, you, you've got to start to fill that gap. And it takes time to fill that gap. It, it, it's not dissimilar to what happened in um, to the financial crisis, where um, advertising revenue plummeted, news trade started to plummet, and um, you knew that there were new um, revenue streams, but because your revenues in your in, in your old areas were um, uh, falling, it made it hard to invest in the new areas, and, and that's the real challenge that every publisher will uh, face now. It, it's it's clear where we need to um, invest, and we're doing that as as fast as we can. Um, and the, the challenge is is to um, spot the opportunities. Um, there and get them running as, as as quickly as possible yeah yeah definitely so from your experiences over the last 20 years I mean moving away from the current situation what advice would you give to other specialist magazine publishers the in some ways that has has not changed um I think content has always been king I think understanding your market is absolutely essential. The word specialist is um, it sort of sums it up. And 
it means different things to different people. I mean, there, there was a time when a um, an EMAP Bauer um, IPC. I'm showing my age now because because um, <laughs> those names are no longer around. In uh, or a couple of them are not in in these sectors. Would look at a forty fifty thousand circulation magazine as a specialist. Well, that was a very big circulation for me. But um, the point is that specialist, you've got to be very, I think you've got to be very focused. And um, the the number of times that I've um, had suggestions, oh, well, if we broaden our um, uh, coverage and say in the, the waterways market, oh, you don't cover the Norfolk Broads. So if you put a load of pages in about the Norfolk Broads, you get people who are interested in the Norfolk Broads to, to read your magazine as well. Well, you might pick up some, but you would at the same time lose some of your core market who are interested in um, owning a steel narrowboat on the uh, narrow canals of, of the, the, the sort of central part of the country. So you, you've got to be quite clear where your market is. You've got to understand um, where its limits are and um, deliver to those readers exactly what they want. Of course, you could be too specialist um, where there just isn't a market for it uh, or, or the market is so small you can't make it work. And that, that I think, has been the downfall of, of um, many would-be specialist publishers that they are they become very, very close to their subject. And because they believe in it, they assume that there's a vast market out there and you, you've got to be very, very realistic about the size of your market. Yeah. So how do you see the future of magazine publishing in general and specialist magazine publishing in particular? And what excites you about it? Okay, well, the, the future, again, I, I'm banging on the same uh, theme, but content is king. If if you've got good content and you've got um, a means to, to reach that market, um, you will succeed. I think print magazines, the, the trend will continue that they will become a almost a premium offering um, and uh, you will tend to deliver that the delivery will be online as much as it is um, in, in print um, and as a small example of that some many years ago actually we uh, created a, uh, a spin-off from Waterways World a magazine called Narrowboat um, quarterly um, purely focused on history and heritage of, of the waterways and it is only uh, 48 pages plus cover uh, and we charge £6.99 for it. it it's, but it's produced a really high um, standards and our circulation has been rock solid from, from day one. Um, and, but, but now um, our subscribers have access to our complete archive, complete searchable archive of, of every article that's ever been published over the last um, 14 years of that magazine. And I, I see that as, as being very much the way of the future. But, but ma print magazines will still be around. They'll probably be um, increasingly, in, in, and I'm talking specialist magazines, really, they, they will be um, a premium product, high price, um, but will work in tandem with an online offering. And finally, outside of work, what do you do to relax? 
Well, I, I suppose too, um, well, particularly at the moment, the, the big thing um, is is simply being outdoors because that's, that's um, walking and we, we live in rural Derbyshire, so we've got access to some beautiful countryside. And the garden is immensely important and um, we've got a large garden and we, we seem to be finding and creating lots of new projects uh, this year and the garden has never looked as good. Um, it's also never looked as big because we, as I say, we keep creating new areas and that that's that sort of, um, it's a real challenge, but it, it's also uh, a bit of a an antidote to having, I say, an office-based job. The office, of course, being at, at home now, but be, being outdoors at weekends and evenings over the summer um, is, a, is a real antidote and really gives me the space and the thinking time as much as anything. So absolutely love that. Um, the, the second thing I would ordinarily say is is following sport. Um, big fan of, in particular of, of athletics and rugby and, and cricket. Um, and we, we would certainly um, go to watch. Uh, we're big Wasps rugby fans and would uh, watch them on a good, as many occasions as we could um, at the Rico Arena in uh, in Coventry, but of course that's um, now taken away from us at the moment. Well, hopefully it will be back before too long. Peter, thank you very much for being our guest on the In Publishing podcast. Thank you very much, Kia. Enjoyed it very much. A big thank you again to Acorn Web Offset for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for a new magazine printer, then check out their website at acornweb.co.uk or contact Matt Carey on 07714 299 105 or by email at matthew.carry at acornweb.co.uk. Thank you very much to Peter for being our guest this week. You can find out more about WW Magazines at www.magazines.com and Peter can be followed on Twitter where his handle is at Peter M. Johns. If you would like to know more about In Publishing, then check out our website, inpublishing.co.uk. Thank you for listening and please join me next week on the In Publishing podcast. <music>